0: When I made the shift, Kevin, from being a copywriter to being a specialist in this one thing and deciding to say no to everything except for helping businesses execute what's become the ask method, my income actually increased from, it was a little bit more than a hundred thousand, but a hundred thousand a year to a million a year with just my wife and one employee in the business you hear all the bull about marketing every day make your money in your sleep my
1: new offer is crushing it
2: my guru could beat up your guru it's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing
1: with your host the founder of copychief.com kevin rogers
2: Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here with another great episode. My guest today, Ryan Levesque, is the author of the number one best-selling book, Ask. I'm sure you've read it. It was featured by Inc. Magazine as the number one marketing book of 2015. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, if that wasn't enough, by Entrepreneur Magazine as the number two must-read book for budding entrepreneurs. Very impressive, my friend. Uh, Ryan has used the Ask Method to help build multi-million dollar businesses, get this, in 23 different industries, generating over $100 in sales in the process. And since then, his students have used the Ask Method in thousands of different industries. Ryan, thanks for being here, brother. Kevin, my man,
0: I'm super pumped to be here. Gosh, I could listen to you all day long with that voice, with that mic. And I've told you this before; it is just something about your voice that I could just sit there and I could have you read pages from like <laughs> any book, and just I would pay money for that. And I, and I and 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 if someone's listening to this right now, can I get a hell yeah? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I'm a, so I'm so pumped to be here, man.
2: That's the real secret of your success. Flattery. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs>
2: so thank you, my man. Uh, so listen, here's what I love about this, because we've known each other quite a while. We met in Austin a few few years back yep. and you were primarily a copywriter. Then I think most people either don't know or totally forgot that right. you started out as a copywriter. So how did all that go down?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up um, because especially, and thanks for the warm introduction. Um, no, I appreciate that. When I, w- whenever I, people hear like that, I've been in 23 different markets. I've generated 100 million dollars in sales in the process. Uh, the 100 million dollars in sales is not money that flowed into my pockets. <laughs> so I was a copywriter consultant on uh, in these funnels and businesses generating that revenue. And as we'll talk about later. Um, I've been paid a royalty on that on that revenue, so uh, anywhere from five to ten percent. So it's still good income for me, but it's not like I've got a hundred million dollars sitting in my bank account in case um, anybody
2: so, was going to ask for a loan.
0: Exactly. Truth <laughs> be told, truth be told, as much as I do enjoy your voice, uh, I would be in the Caribbean right now, sitting on an island, <laughs> had that kind of money in my bank account. Um, I don't. So I've done well. Um, it's you know not uh, uh, you know world changing numbers, but I've done well. Um, but the the thing that started it all was, was copy, was copywriting. And, and the way I actually got my start as a as an aspiring, budding copywriter uh, was initially on my own projects. So um, when I was first getting started, the first kind of thing that I did online that made any serious money on uh, uh, any serious money at all um, is a tiny little business that I started in the orchid care niche. Mm. It was the first market that I went into. It's a long story behind how I got into it, but my wife and I were living in China. We, she decides to buy a whole bunch of orchids in our house. I end up killing all the orchids, like a week later, they all die, we throw them away, and then a few years later when I'm looking at and researching different niches, I kind of remembered that experience and thought, man, if I had so many problems with orchids, maybe other people have been having problems as well, turned out to be a pretty good market to go into. So The first copy that I ever wrote that made any money, and you can still see it online today, my website is orchidsmadeeasy.com, um, you can see my copy there, was writing for my own stuff. Now, The way I learned how to write copy is might surprise some people is I was in my apartment in Shanghai and every night after I got home from work, I would at work illegally, don't tell anybody, uh, I printed up an issue of the Gary Halbert letters because I didn't have a printer in my apartment. I used my company resources. I printed up a, a letter of the Gary Halbert letters. I brought it home. And in a Chinese composition notebook, I'd copy a letter out by hand, basically until I'd either my fingers would bleed or I'd have blisters in my fingers. Mm-hmm. And I really learned to internalize his way of writing copy. Like so many of us who are cockerids, right? I mean, this isn't any new advice, but right. it's just, if anything, just a confirmation that writing out control letters and uh, uh, the style in which you want to learn how to write is a proven process it, it, it's at least worked for me yeah. and it helped me unlearn the kind of bad academic habits I'd accumulated as a student like writing you know college papers and and even worse writing stuff in the insurance industry, which is what I which was where I was working at the time wow. to learning how to write like Halbert mm. and uh, an, after, like uh, several composition notebooks full of these handwritten Halbert letters, I started to get a good handle on his style of writing. And you can even probably see elements of it in stuff that I wrote in the Orchid niche of like the most random of markets ever, right? (laughs) Um, And so that was kind of the earliest, earliest, earliest start. Um, But a few years later, after I'd had my first success and I launched another little business that did pretty well, people started reaching out to me. Asking me for help, and that really just came from being at, at, at different events and talking to people and showing people my websites and and really not a, a formal uh, uh, you know business plan, if you were to become a consultant or a copywriter for other people. It was more just here's what I've done, and let me take a look at what you've done, and you know maybe if you make the, this tweak here and do this tweak here, I, I think that would do well. Um, and that's kind of how things really got started in in the in the very early days.
2: Wow. Interesting. And so what, how did you end up back in the States and becoming more of a, you know, straight up copywriter?
0: Yeah. So we, we started the business, um, uh, in Asia and then, um, actually started that the orchid business when after we moved back to the States. So, uh, we grew the orchids, we raised the orchids in China Hmm. I launched a, a business before the orchid business in, in another random niche in the Scrabble tile jewelry market. That business <laughs> wow. made a couple thousand dollars a month for like a few months, and then it tanked and went down to nothing. I thought I like was gonna hit it big. Like I <laughs> gold, but um, I really struck out. Um, and then um, uh, just just got the earliest little bit of the start of the orchid business in China, and um, we're at a point where we were running out of money, and so my wife uh, says, well, how about I get a job? I'll get a job. And she was a student, a graduate student in, uh, in Hong Kong and she couldn't work there, but she got a job offer from a museum in Brownsville, Texas. So I moved to Brownsville, Hmm. uh, which is at the, um, where Mexico and Texas, uh, meets very Southern Texas. It's not um if anyone's from Brownsville, my apologies, but I'm just gonna tell it how it is. It's not the most amazing place to live. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's,
2: that's a nice version of how you feel yeah, about it.
0: Exactly. Put it this way. There it, there it's a city of uh over almost two hundred thousand people, which is a pretty big city. And um there is not a Barnes and Nobles uh with <laughs> that, that's how I describe it. Like a city of two hundred thousand people. Should, support a Barnes and Noble
2: <laughs> if it doesn't it never occurred to them to pick up a book
0: <laughs> lots
2: of saloons but yeah, not, exactly. a, not a book to be found
0: the to Barnes and Noble ratio <laughs> was really high <laughs> so anyway so we're there and uh, making a little bit of money doing okay um, and then eventually we moved to Austin my wife we're doing good enough and my wife quits her job and she decides to join me in the business. And I'm able to spend much much more of my time on the stuff that I think I'm starting to get a little bit good at and, and what I enjoy, which is the, the marketing side, right? I'm not spending time on the, like, you know, building websites and customer service and fulfillment and, you know, vendors and everything like that. But I'm able to spend what, what I think I'm, I'm starting to get kind of good at. Um, and uh, the way my start as a copywriter or consultant, start. I actually started as a consultant first, as a coach really, uh, was when I met a mentor of mine, a man by the name of Dr. Glenn Livingston, and he was coaching uh, uh, students through his process, which involved using surveys to uh, figure out what it is that people want and then give it to them. And he went on to become one of my, if not the most important mentors in my early life as a um, as an entrepreneur, um, and his methodology serves as the foundation for what 's come to be known as the ask method, which you mentioned. Uh, Kevin, in my introduction, and uh, what what we talk about in the book, um, but at the time, I was still like a nobody i was i didn 't have any best selling book, nobody knew who the hell I was. Nobody had ever heard of any of my websites or anything like that. Um, but Glenn, as a student of his, uh, took a look at my stuff, I started coaching under him, and one day he reached out to me and he said, "You know Ryan, you know my methodology as good, if not better than I do. What do you think about coaching people uh, who um, who are interested in working with me when I get filled, when I get filled up. Because he, he, you know, he would take a handful of coaching students, but um, you know, eventually he'd get filled up. And I said, sure, let's do it. And I started, Kevin, my rate was $297 a month. That's what I started. <laughs> wow. Literally $300 a month. Wow. And what they got for that was every week they could post anything uh, to a private message board, and I would respond to that post within 48 hours. Wow. and a lot of the stuff that people were posting to me was copy. Hmm. They'd say, hey, can you take a look at this email for me and tell me what you think? Or they'd say, hey, you know, here's my sales letter. How would you reward it? And I spent a lot of time, for, far more hours than I cared to admit hmm. for that $300 uh, oh. a month, basically rewriting people's copy hmm. like making tweaks and making changes and saying oh how about this and you know in, in the early days i was pretty polite about it and i'd take what they'd give me and i'd kind of you know tweak it eventually it kind of became of okay that's nice let's uh, let's throw that in the garbage and let's start with a clean piece of paper
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. i want to hear you tear it up yeah. but that's how i kind of got my early start as a as a you know really a coach or consultant helping people um, with with their copy um now eventually what ended up happening is I I started uh raising my rate. And we'll talk a little bit about how that happened. But I started raising my rate and and when I did that, after I raised my rate, um uh uh I Always said no to writing copy. Like, I did not want to take on jobs as a copywriter because while I was coaching people, I always had my own thing going on. Like, I always had my own little businesses that I was, you know, building in the, in the background and everything like that. Um, and, uh, and, and so I turn away. You know, people would say, hey, can I just pay you to write my sales letter for me? I said, no, 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 no. That's not what I do. What I do is you write it and I'll help you. I'll edit it. I'll critique it. I'll help you, you know, massage it into something good. Um, but as I raised my hourly rate, we're going to talk about that in just a moment, eventually that hourly rate was high enough that when someone did ask me to just write the copy for them, I could justify a price to write the copy that was high enough that I would have been an idiot to say no to. Right. And that's kind of where things shifted from me just helping people with their copy mm. to taking projects on myself. And getting really great results. Mm
2: -hmm. What held you up at first? I mean, like you said, you just didn't, in your mind, that's not what you did. Mm -hmm. So what was the moment where you went,
0: all right, give me one of these? Yeah, gosh. I'm trying to think back to the first project like that that I did say yes to. I think it came, you know, Kevin, I know exactly where it came from. It came from – an accumulation of projects that people would ask for my feedback on where my stuff would blow, my critiques would blow their control out of the water. Hmm. So the one that stands out in, in my mind as the one that might have been the turning point was I had a coaching client in the infidelity market. So basically he helps men whose wives have cheated on them. He helps them recover from that infidelity. And decide should they repair the relationship or should they leave? And it's a t- there's a ton of pain, as you can imagine, and anguish in this market. Mm-hmm. And he had a sales letter and a headline that had been doing okay for years. And we had been working together for a couple months. And I said, you know, this is, let me tell you what you really wanna say in your sales letter headline. And the original headline was kind of long and it was like, you know, if your wife has cheated on you and you don't know what to do about it, this could be the most important letter you've ever read. You know, some, you know, standard copy construction, something like that. Um, And I said, no, 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 no. But it was even longer than that. I said, let's try this. Let's try this. That cheating bitch. (laughs) But I still love her. What the hell do I do now? Hmm. Wow. And that in three sentences summed up the exact thought process that every man in this market was going through. Well, we ran that, and this client, Kevin, he writes to me and he says, Dude, we like tripled response overnight. Wow. And I think that was the time where I was like, Okay, like I think I can, you know, the thing holding me back in all honesty was fear of failure, right? right sure. I didn't want to like write, I didn't want to charge someone money for something. And then, um, and, then, uh, and then it failed. Right. And so I had another client at the time who had a big business. And, um, and his business is in the business funding niche. He's still a client of mine today. And his was like the first kind of real job that I, that I took. And what ended up happening is he says, this is funny. So um, you're totally like, like bringing back memories. This is like <laughs> years ago. Um, I haven't thought about this in a long time. But, but the way this happened was he wanted to do a VSL. So he's like in a non-traditional VSL business. But I had done a few video sales letters in my own stuff. And, you know, I'd been consulting with him um, for maybe a little over a year at this point, And he trusted my judgment and in my, my advice. And he said, so what should I do? And uh, he said, I said, oh, you got to just hire someone to write the VSL script for you. And he's like, well, do you know anybody? You know, because I was more plugged into the direct response world than he was. And I said, well, let me give you a couple names. And I, I gave him one. He's like, well, no, 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 just tell me who do you recommend. And I gave him a name. Um, and 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 the guy that I recommended, uh, wrote the letter, uh, the VSL, and um, I think he charged him eight thousand dollars, and he uh, he he you know asked for four thousand up front. Mm-hmm. and um, my client got it back and came to me and said. Ryan, like, I can't use this. Mm. This is, this is, this is garbage. This is not going to work. And so I went back to this copywriter, um, who's a friend of mine. I'm obviously not going to name his name, but I went back to this copywriter. I went to him and I was like, um, like, Hey man, like, it's not going to work, dude. It's like, it's, it's like, it just, he's not, it's like so far afield. I'm like, to be honest, like this might work in a different market, but this is not going to work in his market. And, and, and my friend was like, you know what? You know what? Here, let me pay you back. Let me pay you the four thousand dollars that he's already paid me. I won't take anything. Um, it's just not my in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. and, and and you do it. And so my friend paid me four thousand and then I told the client I said, pay me the remaining four thousand and I'll do it. So I got paid eight thousand bucks to do this this um, this script for this VSL. It was the first thing that I had ever done right. uh, and, like for just doing it from from scratch. and uh, I'd love to say it was a home run, but in reality it kind of just did okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it just did okay. It wasn't like a massive home run or anything like that. It also wasn't like a dismal failure. I think they ran it for you know six months or so and then kind of was like you know mediocre and then just moved on to something else. But it's when I realized, holy crap, like I can charge like eight grand, yeah. which was a lot of money for me at the time, eight grand to do like a 20-page script. And it would take me, you know, it took me, you know, maybe a week to, to, to do the thing with um, a few other things going on. And that's when I kind of made the shift and I said, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do this and I can start charging like decent money to do this. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. So cool. And what a great story. And I, I love how everybody handled that situation. I just want to say, right? Yeah, so it was
0: the, cool. I mean, the guy who wrote it was a friend of mine. Yeah. And he was like, he didn't want to burn the bridge with me. And he's like, I didn't really spend a whole ton of time on it. And, and you're honest with him, right? Yeah, I, mean, and I, just, I think at the end of the day, I think I made him keep like a thousand bucks. I'm like, dude, just keep like a thousand bucks. So, because you did put work into it. And, yeah. you know, and it was just fair all around. Like, and everyone did it. Plus, you, you
2: had a model of what not to do. So that was helpful.
0: Oh, exactly. It's <laughs> like, okay, this, this is my shitty first draft. Excuse me. <laughs> Is my SFD. Uh, I don't have to write a first draft because it's here for me and now I can, I can start something. Uh,
2: my throat clearing is done.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, but, right. um, you know, I'd love to say, well, my career took off after that um, as a copywriter, but really it didn't because mm. I was just a copywriter. Mm. Like, I was just a copywriter, just writing copy. And it's not like people were chasing after me, like, you know, oh gosh, I got to work with this guy, Ryan, or anything. It was nothing like that at all. Mm. Um, but I was doing this this thing in the background, right? Where I had my orchid business at the time. At this point, it had it had um, scaled, and that was kind of what was paying paying, you know, covering our bills and paying our mortgage and paying our lifestyle. Um, this this consulting work was kind of like nice extra income, but it wasn't like um, you know it wasn't like my main thing at the time. Um, and uh, I had launched another business in the memory improvement market, kind of modeling what I did in the orchid business, and and what I did there was simple. It was really a survey segmentation process. I'd survey people in the market to figure out what their pain points are, what they wanted. And then I'd use that information to identify the buckets that existed in the market. So the different subgroups of people that, were, uh, that existed in the market. And then customize my copy based on who the person was when they opted into my list. So they'd opt into my list they would answer a few questions and with that information I'd customize the emails they got I'd customize the sales letter that they got I'd customize the upsells that they got mm-hmm. basically the copy was customized to the individual not to the individual but to the to the group that they belonged to mm-hmm. right and I didn't think that this was anything special I was like okay that's you know that's that's cool that's what I do and I would tell people this like at events and people would say like Ryan like I totally get why your stuff works so well. Um, I just don't have the time to do it. Like, can you help me with that? And I kept saying, no, 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 that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> a bad and eventually it eventually was one of those things where I was like, wait a second. Like, this is the one thing that people keep latching on to. This is the one thing that people are like, oh my gosh, like, if so, I could get someone to help me with that, like, my life would be so, so much easier. So I started kind of doing that for people. I started helping people with that process. Now back in the day it wasn't called the ask method i didn't have a name for it it 's become what's known as the ask method and the methodology evolved from all the work that I did with clients but that was a turning point that was the, a big turning point for me because it took me from being a generic copywriter to now a guy who specializes mm-hmm. in something mm-hmm. and we 've all heard that the story or the the uh, the you know the the the, the uh, uh, parallel in the medical field where you've got two choices. You could be a family physician who makes a decent living at like $100,000 a year or $120,000 a year, right? Mm-hmm. Good money, you know? But you went through eight years of medical school and you didn't make any money during those years and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, family physician, $120,000 a year, a generalist, or you can become a brain surgeon and make a million dollars a year, a hundred thousand or a million. And when I made the shift, Kevin, from being a copywriter to being a specialist in this one thing and deciding to say no to everything except for helping businesses execute what's become the ask method, my income actually increased from, it was a little bit more than a hundred thousand, but a hundred thousand a year, to a million a year, with just my wife and one employee in the business. Wow! It was the biggest turning point, going from being all things to all people—a a marketing consultant, a generalist, a copywriter, whatever you want to call it—to being the Ask Method specialist. Hmm. That's it. Wow! Now,
2: I just want to, because that, that's awesome, dude. And, and so. But was there a big tech thing? I don't want people sit here in this and go and count themselves out because, well, there must have been a software or something that, that made all this happen.
0: Oh, that's the beautiful thing. I'm not techie at all. Mm. And, and so I would tell people. So when people said, yes, can I get help with this? I'd say, well, listen, I'm not a tech guy. I can't build it for you. I can't build the pages for you. I can't set everything up. What I can do is I can come up with the hooks. I can come up with the strategy. And if you want, which we'll talk about in a moment, I can write all the copy for you too. Mm. And so initially, I only consulted. I only consulted with people who wanted to do this. And so I was doing none of the work and just telling people what to do. Great. And the businesses that came to me, they would say, oh, you know, honestly, the tech part's not where, where I need help. Like I can find someone on Upwork. I can find someone on Elance. Or in some cases, businesses, they, they had like a small tech team or tech person. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the challenge the challenge was writing copy that converted that's the challenge and the strategy of figuring out what the buckets are right i mean if you're a good copywriter if you if you're worth your you know uh 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 if 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 you earn what you get paid as a copywriter a big part of what you do is research that's right right mm-hmm. i mean like research is what it's the whole like if i had 5 hours to chop down a tree i'd spend the first hour sharpening my axe well right. that's kind of the research part of writing copy Right. If you're spending one hour researching and four hours writing copy, you're probably doing it wrong. Right. right. Research is what you fill yourself with all that research. So that way, when it comes, down, when it comes time to sit down and write, the words flow effortlessly from yeah. your fingers because you know exactly what the market wants. Right. Like you can just see the person. You're not even looking at your Microsoft Word doc. You're looking through that doc as if your computer screen is a pane of glass and you're looking right at. That prospect on the other side. The way you get that level of clarity, I discovered, which so few businesses do or even take the time to do, is by doing what's come to be known as the ask method. You spend time doing surveys, surveys in a very specific way, to identify the pain points that exist in the market. You use surveys to identify the natural consumer language that people use to describe those pain points. It's how I've come up with some of my best control email subject lines and the stuff that I've done. Like for example, I talk about uh, one of my most uh, uh, powerful subject lines in the memory business is, um, are you the poster child for poor memory? I wish I could say that I was the guy that came up with that phrase. That came straight out of someone's survey. Someone's survey, when I surveyed in that market, said, you know, Ryan, my biggest challenge, it's like I'm the poster child for poor memory. And I said, that's good. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. So you start with this research, right? You start with this research, and then through that research, you identify that there are different groups of people in the market, right? Every market is made up of sub-segments in that market. The challenge is figuring out which of those sub-segments matter, right? Which ones do you write? Which are the ones that have money to spend, what Halber would say PWMs, players with money? Yeah. Right? Who are the players with money? Who are the ones that have enough pain that they're willing to spend money to solve the problem? And who are the ones in your market that you just want to ignore. Where's the signal versus the noise? Well, when you have a process, a research process, that helps you identify that, not only do you know what the pain is in your market, what the natural consumer language is, but you also know which buckets to focus on and how to communicate to those buckets differently. So you can see, Kev, the the devil in the details here is Mm -hmm. all about copy. Right, right. Right. The tech once you figure this stuff out, I mean, you could just draw a flow chart, send it to someone on Upwork and say, "Hey, I want this web page to go to this web page. I want it to connect like that." Th- that's that's commodity work. Yeah, like find yeah. that those type of people all day every day. Yeah. But writing the copy and the thinking behind that copy, that's where the true opportunity is. So I realized when I, when I made this switch, now I wish I could say my path from, you know, uh, roughly a hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars was like this gradual curve upward. It actually happened in, uh, in evolutionary terms, uh, in terms of punctuated equilibrium. Now punctuated, punctuated equilibrium is an evolutionary theory where some people who believe in evolution, let's just pretend for a moment we believe in evolution. Uh, people who believe in evolution, uh, there are two theories. One is gradual right? Which is like, you know, we gradually got rid of our fins. Every generation, the fins got a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter, until one generation, the fins were no longer there. Right. Punctuated equilibrium is something major happens. There's a mutation in a gene. There's something environmentally that happens where in one generation, there's one person who has this mutant defect where the fin goes away, and that becomes the dominant trait. So when that finless person... Reproduces that trait carries forward, so it's a it's 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 equilibrium, no change, a plateau, punctuated by big changes. Mm. And in my path from a hundred thousand dollars a year to a million dollars a year, there were three big leaps, three punctuation points that took me there. And what I thought would be helpful would be maybe to talk about those three leaps, like the three changes that I made that transformed my income as a copywriter. I'd love to hear them. So let me take a <laughs> sip of water here. So I could, and uh, I, w- I just
2: want to say something I can't help but point out. I love this irony that you discovered, uh, you know, the ask method essentially with the memory market, you know, and then you're like telling people what they said and they're like, I didn't say that. <laughs> He's like, that has been a, a hard market to prove it in, right? Like, yes. I don't remember saying that, but if you said I did, I guess that's a fact. The point. ironies <laughs> never,
0: you know, <laughs> I don't remember signing up for this email list. Unsubscribe <laughs> me from this crap. <laughs> Spam rates in the memory market are through the roof. <laughs> I don't remember buying this program. Why are you sending me stuff? Uh, oh, gosh. Um, yeah, challenging market for that reason. Um, but. Um, so the first, uh, um, the first big leap for me, the first big leap was what we just talked about going from being a happened after going from what we just talked about. It went from uh, me being a copywriter or a marketing consultant to being the ask method specialist or an ask method specialist, right? Um, and doing that one thing. Well, you, what ended up did happening? You, did you give it that name? At, at I didn't the, give. It, I didn't give it that name. I didn't have a name for it. Yeah, it was okay. just like you know. The, I kind of was known as the survey guy or Man. the survey funnel guy or you know these kind of informal, formal names. But but w- suddenly, what I realized is that people people had a uh, there was a hook in people's brains that they could hang my hat on. Mm. Right. Man. It's like if you think about all the people in your life, think of it as like a, a hat rack. And every one of those people that is in your life has a hook. Mm-hmm. And you need to be a hook in people's brains so that they can remember you as somebody, right? Not just, oh, another copywriter. You need to be the guy, right? Yeah. Um, the guy who does something. Well, people, clients of mine especially, started talking to their friends about what I did. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, I have this guy. He does this survey thing that works really well. Uh, you should talk to him. Right? So I suddenly became a specialist. I went from family physician to neurosurgeon. And what that did is it changed, changed the whole dynamic. For the first time in my life, for the first time in my life, instead of chasing after clients, clients started chasing after me. Oh, yeah. Right? And this is so counterintuitive. And it was so scary. I remember the conversations I had with myself in my brain. Well, what if I, if I stop doing all these other things? Well, then there are going to be so, so few people, so many less people who want to work with me. And so maybe I should keep doing the other things. Maybe because I could do AdWords for people. I could help them with their AdWords stuff. I could help them with, um, you know, obviously writing copy. I could help them with design their email sequences. There's a lot of different things I could do. And if, and if I just say I'm this one thing and I do this one thing only, isn't that going to turn down my opportunities? Well, the exact opposite ended up happening. For the reasons that we just talked about. So the first income leap was I was able, because there was so much demand to work with me, I was able to raise my consulting rate. So I went from $297 a month and eventually I raised it to five hundred and ninety-seven dollars a month and then seven ninety-seven, then nine ninety seven. I remember I was stuck there for a while because I didn't think I could charge a thousand dollars and this is a month, not an hour, thousand dollars a month. Um eventually I did uh nine ninety seven uh, a month. So I was doing uh, and then I switched from doing uh, a, a, a weekly posts to weekly phone calls. I did 60 minute weekly phone calls. And then I went to 2,000 and then 3,000. And then at 3,000, I said, oh, I shouldn't be doing hour phone calls anymore. I should be doing 30 minute phone calls. So I basically doubled my hourly rate when I did that. Went from you know, uh, $3,000 a month to, for roughly four hours of work for, to $3,000 a month for two hours of work. And then I went from 3,000 to 4,000 and 4,000 to 5,000. That's kind of where I was at when I stopped doing any one-on-one work. I went from $297 a month basically working for McDonald's rates right, to $5,000 a month for what became two uh, bi-weekly 30-minute calls. And that's when I raised my rates from basically you know, $5 an hour to $5,000 an hour uh, effectively as a consultant. Now that happened over a period of years and if you're listening to this, Those numbers probably won't happen to you. Like, there's a lot of other conditions that help make that possible. But whatever you're charging right now, I'm willing to bet that you can charge more. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely willing to bet that. And if we have time, I can talk about how I was able to do that not only for new clients, but also raise my rate for existing clients as well and keep those clients, right? So, the first big income leap was shifting from general copywriter to being a specialist. Uh, implementing this ask method, consulting, helping people with this ask method, and, uh, and then going from this dynamic of me chasing after business to clients coming to me because of the reputation I had with my other clients of getting results and doing well and basically specializing in this one thing. So that was the first major income leap. Great. Now the second major income leap was when I started actually doing the done-for-you work. Mm-hmm. And when I say done-for-you, I'm talking purely copy, yep. just copy. So, um, so eventually, I'm starting to charge. At this point, I'm probably charging maybe $2,000 a month or $2,500 a month, something like that. And I just dabbled a little bit in writing copy for clients, like the $8,000 video sales letter that I mentioned and like a few other kind of one-off small things here and there, maybe an email sequence, but nothing really steady. I didn't find my thing yet. Um, But once I started consulting with these businesses, I was able to kind of figure out what was needed to do one of these projects. And it was pretty simple. It was, okay, i got to send traffic to a landing page. On the landing page, there is a a quiz or a survey. On that quiz or survey, the survey basically asks a question to figure out what bucket someone goes into. Bucket A, bucket B, bucket C. From there, they're directed to one of three sales letters or video sales letters. The sales letters are 80% the same. And really what I do is customize the opening, customize the opening, because that's the most important piece. And then if someone doesn't buy, then they're added to one of three email sequences, and those email sequences basically have 10 emails each, right? Mm-hmm. So in the memory market, for example, uh, three big buckets. You've got students, you like college students, grad students. Mm-hmm. You've got seniors concerned about mental decline. So these are older men and women who want to improve their memory because they're worried about mental decline. And the third group, which is interesting, is a different group, which is returning students. These are people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who are going back to school, going to like University of Phoenix or something like that, or going back for a professional certification after being a non-student for years and years and years. So to do one of these projects, I have to write the copy for a landing page that everybody goes to, I gotta figure out what my survey is gonna say. And then after they take the survey, they go to one of three, in this case, video sales letters one for students, one for old people, and one for returning students. Mm. And then, depending on which of those buckets they fall into, I write 10 different emails right? So roughly, you know, 30 emails, but those emails, there's a lot of overlap between them. They're just kind of customizing it. You know, I'm using different testimonials for the old people, different for the students. I'm citing different benefits and pain points. I'm talking about, you know, cramming for exams for the students and, and, um, talking about, um, you know, losing your keys for the, um, older people. Um, and so that was kind of a project, right? So I kind of knew how much coffee was involved. And I had someone who said, you know, Ryan, I appreciate your consulting, your advice, and the issue is I don't have time to write the copy. What would it cost to just have you write the copy for me? Now I'd already consulted. I'd already worked with them on doing the survey and I got paid for my, you know, the hours I spent consulting. And now on top of that, they wanted to pay me to write the copy. And I just pulled a number kind of, you know, out of thin air. And I was like, 20 grand. And they said, Done, and I said, "Crap! I didn't charge enough." <laughs> <laughs> I meant forty. Did I say 20? exactly twenty grand for the for the for the landing page, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and basically that's what they got. They got landing page copy. They got three versions of a VSL, which were eighty percent the same, and third in you know three ten uh um three different ten email sequences mm-hmm. for twenty grand plus. I continue to get paid my my retainer every single month of like at the time was like two or two grand or twenty five hundred dollars, and I got a nice lump sum for twenty grand. And we'd already been working on the project together. And I said, "Hmm, this is an interesting model," and that's how I started charging. Basically, I said, "Okay, to work with me is two thousand dollars a month, and that gives you a weekly call with me, or if you want to have me write the copy." Here's, here's the important part. Listen to this. It's $2,000 a month for my time plus, plus, and I raised the number, 30 grand for me to write the copy for you. And what you get with that is landing page, you know, three variations of your video sales letter, three different email sequences. Boom. Awesome. And the key was it was in addition, not instead. Yes. And the only time... My clients got access to me and my time was when they were paying for it. Yeah. That's That's a mistake I see so many copywriters make. They look at that big check and they say, 20 grand, awesome, I'll take it. But what happens is the client spends so much time. They're on the phone with the client, they're getting stuff back and forth to the client. No, the way, you know, what what would end up happening is you pay me my 20 grand, I'll submit a a draft to you. You want to discuss it? Great time to do that would be on our next scheduled weekly call, which you're paying me for.
2: (laughs) Boy, all the freelancers are listening to this going, oh, it's a dream. You know, we we get caught up in this sort of like guilt over the money, right? This constant like, you know, simmering imposter syndrome. Yep. yep. It sounds like you got over that pretty quick.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, it happens gradually, right? It's like, you know, you you just keep raising the numbers a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. It was that $8,000 sales letter. And, the, and I didn't even have the confidence to charge that myself. I, I had someone else do it, right? Yeah. Who charged eight grand. Right. And then I took over the project and I said, crap, well, I guess I could, I'm worth eight grand. <laughs> right? right. Um, and just kind of gradually increasing the numbers like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, and so that was my second income leap. Um, let's see. I'm, I've got a call after this. I'm just letting this person know. Okay. Wrapping up my interview. Yeah, because we have a, thir- um, a third I, leap I, to go. Yeah, I've got a third leap. You've teased um, us now. Yes, I can't not reveal it. So basically, that okay, and and the key was the reason I was able to charge so much for the for the copy was because it was anchored on my consulting rate, mm-hmm. right? Because it was well, it's you know I'm five hundred dollars an hour to get on the phone with me, and a project like this is gosh, it's gonna take me 40, 50 hours, yeah, whatever, right? Right. Um, Do the math. And so that's how the 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 it was it was easy for me to justify those numbers. Um, okay, so that was the second one. The third one. The third one was adding royalties. So what ended up happening is I would pay, so basically when someone worked with me, eventually I had the gonads to say, you know what? I get paid a success participation fee. Yeah. And one of the ways that I justified that was I I would only I would not take competing clients. So I'd only take one client per niche mm-hmm. so that I knew that they weren't gonna be competing against each other and there would be no weirdness about sharing ideas, sharing copy, or anything like that. But I said um, because I'm making a huge sacrifice and I'm turning business away, which is true, yeah. which you can say as well, sure. is because uh, it is is uh, the way to offset that is I've got to participate in the success of our project. It's just plain and simple. And the most common number that I uh, charge was five percent. So basically, uh, uh, eventually, the way my rates came were here's the deal. You want to work with me? There's three. There's 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 uh, there's, there's two options. One is. Um, it's five thousand dollars and five percent I still charge the 5%, five percent five thousand dollars a month and five percent to work with me or it's five thousand dollars a month for consulting plus fifty thousand dollars which was the number that I kind of uh, ended up with towards the end of when I started when I no longer did this fifty thousand um, dollars and uh, it comes also comes with the five percent royalty and so when I did that five percent royalty what ended up happening was you know if you had 20 clients you'd have ten of them that the royalty really wouldn't Pan out to be much, right? Because five percent of you know that gross. uh, That was five percent of gross, Mm -hmm. but five percent on like you know a twenty thousand dollar a month funnel is you know it's a few thousand bucks. It's not right. It's it's whatever. It's not it's It's not a big deal. Orchid money. Yeah, it's exactly. (laughs) exactly. But when it's a million a month, hmm, that's nice, right? That the numbers become really big, and I I've reached that point. Um, and I have, you know, 50,000 plus a month royalty, royalty checks still being mailed to me for my projects. And so that's the carrot. That's the pot at the end of the rainbow. But the way you get there, if you're listening to it, so like, yeah, I would love that. That's my dream. That's the best of both worlds. Because when you're getting paid a royalty like that, when you're getting paid a royalty, you get all the benefit of having your own business without any of the risk. Because if you're a copywriter writing for an offer, like a supplement offer, That client of yours, they have so much risk. They've got like millions of dollars in the bank just because they know they're going to get sued. and They have to keep that money there. right? They have expenses like sending uh, 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 FDA approval for all their products. They've got FTC that they need to worry about and all the attorneys that they keep on staff. You don't have to worry about any of that. You just write the copy, you get a nice royalty check, and you get paid really well. Now, But here's the key. You can't just be another copywriter and charge these kinds of numbers. You have to be a specialist. You have to specialize in something. And that's something that I found for me to be more lucrative than anything else has been executing the ask method for clients. And that's the big thing that I want to leave people with here is when you find something that is working really well, like, for example, the ask method, the opportunity as a copywriter might not be executing the ask method for your business. like It might not be building an ask Funnel for you for your copywriting business as a freelancer. That's not the opportunity. The opportunity is to get paid as an expert helping businesses who want that. Because I don't do this work anymore. And Mm. I just sold, you know, I've sold almost 100,000 copies of my book. There is demand. (laughs) There is demand for this thing out the wazoo. And so if you are an ambitious freelancer, And you want to get paid nice retainer rates, nice upfront chunks of money to write copy, and get paid a royalty. Well, there is an opportunity here that is – we're at a very interesting time where there's a lot of demand and not a whole lot of people yet who are doing this. Wow. So, Fantastic. I know we're going to wrap up. I know you got one more question you wanted to ask. Yes. Uh, thank
2: you for that. that that's brilliant. Specialize is one of the things I harp on a lot when I coach freelancers. So, that's a beautiful example. Uh, yeah. So, I just have to ask you the essential question of the show. So, Ryan Levesque, what is the one thing that you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results?
0: One word wait list. Mm. Wait list. See, this is the key, and I, I want to leave you with this tip. So this is like a total tactical thing that, that anybody can do, uh, even if you're not uh, planning on specializing in something like the Ask method, although, of course, I'm biased, and that's kind of what I, I think is a, a pretty, pretty smart thing to consider, is have a wait list. See, so many people out there teach uh, uh, having strategy sessions, right? Strategy sessions, or, um, you know, getting on the phone to do an initial consult or something like that. For me... Even in my early days, even when money was tight, even when I in every with every fiber, every every fiber of my being, I wanted to say, yes, I'm available. I was never available. Never. Ever, 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 ever. Even when I had 20 hours of time that I could devote, 20 hours a week of time that I could devote to a a project or client, the answer was always: sign up for my wait list. I periodically make spots available. And you'll be, if you sign up to that list, you'll be notified on the priority list to have a first crack at one of those spots. That was it. Standard answer. And then you know, I was wordsmith better than I just worded it right there. Yeah. But what ended up happening, what ends up happening, and you probably experienced this in your own life, and we all know this, but we kind of have to remind ourselves of these lessons for our own business. You know this for your clients, but it's, 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 it's hard to do this when you're, you know, maybe you're just scraping sure. by, you could really use it, another gig this month. It's it's people, you become so much more desirable, right? You become the ball of yarn being pulled away from the cat instead of the ball of yarn that you're shoving in the cat's face. <laughs> cat doesn't want to play with the ball of yarn that you're shoving in the face. <laughs> right. Right? you got to right. roll that thing away. you got to pull it away. And all of a sudden, that cat who's sitting on the couch cleaning itself, doesn't want anything to do with you, all of a sudden is interested. Mm-hmm. That's how you get clients interested in working with you. Wait list 100% of the time, no matter what periodically make spots open, available. I would do it on a monthly, bi-monthly basis every couple months depending on what I wanted to do. I'd keep it unpredictable so it wasn't on a schedule. People get added to my list and I'd have people sign up for my wait list and literally, quite literally, years later, say, Ryan, I've been on your wait list for years. I've seen you open up spots every couple months and the timing just wasn't right or I couldn't pull the trigger or whatever but I didn't want this time to go by without taking advantage of the opportunity, so I grabbed the spot as soon, it became, as soon as it became available, and I am so excited to work with you. You'll have clients that'll be so thankful for the opportunity to work with you. You're not gonna have any of those issues you have when you've got clients pushing you around on your copy. Right. Right, where clients, you write copy, like, eh, I think it needs to do this. No, because you're the guy that everyone wants to work with. They're gonna be thankful. They're gonna be grateful that you've even taken them on In a project now, so it could be an ego thing, a confidence thing, but more importantly, you're going to get better results for your clients by doing this because they are going to appreciate and respect your work so much more, and they're going to run it as is rather than bastardize it with you know all their machinations that they come up with. Um, So you go go from
2: vendor to expert in an instant. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Awesome, Ryan. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I know you're a busy, busy man, and this was super valuable. So I really appreciate it.
0: Kev, my man, I could do this all day. I love this, and you know, we should. Uh, I think we're gonna get together at some point in the not too distant future. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, it would be cool to uh, you know do this again and uh, and Absolutely. chat again. So um, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, the opportunity to share. And uh, you know, uh, although I ended up doing most of the talking on this interview a few moments (laughs) that you get to hear the the dulcet tones (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the silky baritone that is kevin rogers uh, um really made my day so
2: (laughs) you're a great man thanks for sharing brother we'll talk real soon
0: awesome man take care
2: Hey, wow, what an amazing interview with uh, Ryan Levesque. I mean, that was pretty cool. He just walked us through his entire career as a freelance copywriter and showed us how he built a multi million dollar business, getting $50,000 royalty checks in the mail from work he did months ago or years ago. I mean, that's what it's all about. And as we stopped the recording, we were chatting for a minute. And since I'm going to see Ryan in a couple weeks here in Austin, we thought it would be cool for you to ask the ask man some questions. So if you have any questions after hearing this episode and want to ask them directly to Ryan through me, then email copychief.com. That's copychief.com. And the subject line put question for Ryan and I will carry in my pocket your questions straight to Mr. LeVeck and he and I will record The answers to your question. Pretty cool, huh? So get them in quick because it's coming up fast and I want to make sure that you get access to Ryan. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it and look forward to your questions.